guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Do I Look Fat podcast. I wanted to start this week's show with another review. This one comes from Angel Baby 19 and it's titled, I Wanna Be F-A-T. And it goes, not only is Steph beautiful, she has the uncanny ability to make you feel connected to her. I really think I'm one of her homegirls after listening. Thank you for sharing with us and making our Fridays that much more fun. Angel Baby, honestly, you're making me blush and I can't take it. Thank you so much for your review. Guys, please remember to rate and review. And I actually might read your review in a future episode. Okay, so one other thing. A lot of people have been asking me, how did I get into podcasting? How did I start? How did I know what to do? How did I know what equipment to buy? How did I know just basically the ins and outs and how I learned to do it? Well, I'm gonna put you on the game right now. It's called the Idea to Launch Academy and it's hosted by Carla Wilmaris. Let me tell you, she is an excellent resource. She gives you step-by-step tutorials about how to do everything, how to set up your podcast, all, everything that has to go into production, she puts you on. And then on top of that, she actually built a community of podcasters. So honestly, you can run ideas by like-minded individuals. You never feel like you're in this podcast journey alone. I have made so many friends just based off of this academy alone. And I'm talking about friends all over the country. It's so wild. But listen, I'm going to let you check it out for yourself. I'm going to link all of her information down in the description box. Check it out. Hit me up if you have any questions. All right. So enough of this. Let's get into the episode. Do I look fat? Hey guys, welcome to the Do I Look Fat podcast. It's your girl, Steffi Kiss. I'm so excited for today's guest. She is my fellow soul sister, a part of Carla's Circle, and the great host of the Double Raw Talk by Daisy, by Miss D. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I messed up your podcast name. Can you right double now. dose of Raw there Talk. There you go, girl. She did that on purpose because <laughs> she meant to give y'all double the dose. That's what she just did. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm so excited to have you on today. How are you? Oh, well, I made sure to glam up. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I made sure to glam up because I'm here for fine and thick pod and I have to have to do this right. If I'm going to come on, I got to do this right. I got to I got to play the parts and the part is you got to come correct. Um, I'm very of excited. Course, always. Thank you so much. You wouldn't for be part me. of the circle if we didn't always come correct. Right? That's right. Y'all going to learn about that circle. <laughs> So me and Miss D, I call her Daisy because that's my boo. That's right. Me and Daisy, we met, um, I don't even want to think it's that long ago, probably around when this whole Corona thing yes, started. Yeah. Like you, you've become my Corona buddy, I want to yes, say. Yes. Um, we met via um, this great woman that we follow, Carla Wamaris. She is the leader of the Idea to Launch Academy, mm-hmm. and she actually helped us both. Mm-hmm. launch both of our podcasts mm-hmm. um so we met through her patreon and mm-hmm. actually through the course itself we've done great you know virtual pajama parties with her mm-hmm. and we've just caught up and you've been my buddy throughout this whole yes, thing yes yes and and i really mean that too like to say that we're soul sisters like i let me just say that's a term that has been thrown around throughout the years but i've never actually like been able to use it and been, been able mm-hmm. to define it as much as I actually have 
recently um, with with this circle um, and with Steph and everyone has like their own way of just being a soul sister. Like it's just mm-hmm. like it's just it's, everyone just has their own personality, their own offering to the circle. And with Steph, it's, it's so funny because we just like clicked one day. We right. clicked and we've been mm-hmm. able to maintain a genuine friendship here. Um, I'm pretty, we discovered we may have at some point crossed paths and we didn't even realize it. Um, <laughs> we actually work a couple of blocks from each other, exactly. which is crazy. Exactly. We're from the Bronx. So mm-hmm. it's little things like that, that we've been able to actually genuinely build a friendship. Um, and you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. She's definitely already come on the show for a double dose of raw talk, but she has also actually been there, um, for me during this time. Um, and that's something that nowadays, um, especially with what we're going through just as individuals Mm -hmm. and with the social media platform, you can't take that for granted and you have to appreciate that when you really make connections with people. So definitely an honor to be here to join you on your newest journey. Um, Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And like you said, people in the circle or people just as soul sisters, they, serve different purposes in Mm -hmm. your life and like me and you we're both embarking on this journey Mm -hmm. so it's something that we can relate to with one another and you know that's how we actually i think connected the most because we were able to discuss the things and things that we're going through with this podcast and with this journey and maybe overcoming some insecurities and that's just something we've both gone through speak on it Mm, yes (laughs) so that's always good i always have you know people sometimes they they put a stigma on when you meet other people online mm. instead of, you know, first meeting in person and mm-hmm. then becoming online friends. But you can actually build genuine connections with people and not to say that they're going to take over the real life connections you have, right. but it can still serve a purpose, right. especially now during the coronavirus period when we're not seeing anyone physically anyway. Uh, exactly. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And this is what really goes to show you, you know, how much of a, how much of a connection there really is with people when you could just really get to know them and and this is mm-hmm. and I'm not even talking about like in any other tense of I ain't talking about hookups I'm I'm talking about like right. real people meeting people like mm-hmm. we're either on the phone we're on the computer we're 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 on tablets but we're genuinely networking we're genuinely building friendships and relationships and whatever that relationship is going to be majority of the time right now you're looking at it from a perspective of being productive, maybe mm-hmm. starting a new venture, maybe may, who knows, who knows what type of uh, advantage, benefit, or even a surprise one connection can bring you. And I right. agree with you 100%. It's definitely been just such a supportive system too to have all of you guys and all genuinely each one of you one way or another, mm-hmm. like have been just so supportive. Definitely, definitely. And then also... um. Not only with the podcast journey, but you've also had your own weight loss journey as well. Yeah. Um, so that's something. We're we're the same age. I think we were yes. both born in eighty five. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry if you didn't want your. No, no. Age we're let's we wrong. We're wrong here, girl. Let's put I'm, it out there. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna be thirty five in July, and I'm mm-hmm. proud of it. I don't mm-hmm. care. And I have a lot of friends who are younger than me in their twenties or no. whatever. And I know I don't look my age, so it's okay. Same. Same. <laughs> No, same. And and what's crazy is I'm so glad you said that because I still I still feel I still face a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm gonna be 30. Oh, my God. And it's like, y'all, y'all don't even know how beautiful the, the mm-hmm. this this age is like to be in your 30s. Everything that you learn, uh, uh, just the way you evolve, the way you grow just as a person. And 
Listen, I mean that on a spiritual, mental, and physical. Like, right. like in every aspect, I, I have, I have a family member who I remember she would always hate her birthday and she did not want to get older. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until a few years ago that that changed for her, which I thought was beautiful because now she views life so differently. For me, I used to see that and I used to think to myself, what is the big deal? Like, why don't you want to see another year of life and be able to celebrate it? Is and she older than you? She, oh, yeah, much, much older. I don't want to put out there I who it is. I think that's what but, it is, too. I yeah. think it's a generational thing as okay. well. Yeah. Because it's like they ha- they were expected to have kids and have a husband mm. all by like 27, 28. Mm. My mom was married at 23 years old. Oh, at wow. 23, well, I mean, I had my son at 24, but I wasn't thinking about getting married or it wasn't pushed upon me to get married like it was pushed wow. upon her. Girl, you know? I was, sep- so, I was separated at 23. Mm-hmm. I was divorced. Shit. You know, yeah. I was I was just fast. <laughs> I was fast. I was fast with well, the movement. No, I wouldn't say fast. <laughs> I wouldn't say fast. With my but movements. how many of your friends were married? That's what I'm saying. At like, that how time many of nobody your were married. No, at that time nobody. It was it, it was, wasn't it wasn't a thing. So like you're the no. exception. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with it, but a yeah. lot more people were single cuz I know when I had my son at 24 cuz I had him early as well. Mhm. A lot of my friends didn't have start having kids. Their kids now are like two, three years old. Oh, okay. oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 for sure. My kid is definitely on the older on the older kid group. I think there was maybe just like one or two other people that in like a bigger group, like we could say, oh, these are our older right. children. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, I had them last semester of college, so there was definitely like two others who maybe went through this. Um, right, but there was definitely a whole other. F- a whole other group in another phase that definitely started popping out thing, them kids. And it was like, Oh, okay. My kid is like eight or seven and here come your children. <laughs> and it was like, all right, right, here we have like the whole group. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I feel exactly. you on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably why she just didn't want to celebrate getting older because it also meant like she had missed so many things Yeah. or maybe, you know, time is just flying by with us. Our like, I don't even, I have, I've never been married. So yeah. I think like that's when I would see myself as an adult adult, which is yeah. weird because I'm 35. No, you know? no, but it's true. You're right in that process. I always say like people have this idea and I respect it because I do feel like as a single mother, it is, it is hard. It is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever your story is, it's hard. But having been married and having had to live with someone else, another adult, mm-hmm. a whole other person, a whole other personality, a whole other character, a whole other mood swing, a whole other attitude. That's a whole other world. It's a whole other world that I can honestly say, damn, at least in my single parent home, I just got to deal with me and my mood swing mm-hmm. and my baby. Right. But, you know, he's not <laughs> a baby. He's a teenager now. But when you got to deal with another adult, and then it's like you also got to keep that respectful and and where's the love and listen, people falling in and out of love all the time. So let's just say, where's the love? Where's the companionship? Where's the right. friendship? That is mm-hmm. a world that I actually fear more because I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've mastered in a sense this world of being a single mom. So, right. you know, in its own right, I feel confident in that. But it's a whole other ball game when you have to share your life with another adult because they're their own person. That's not somebody mm-hmm. you you helping raise or you are raising. They're their own individual. Right. And, and especially being a parent and being married because, mm-hmm. you know, 
just for me, my parents' relationship affected me as a child. So you Mm. you have to take that into account as well, you know, because whatever you do and whatever conflicts you have or Mm. whatever the case may be, the highs and the lows, Mm. that affects your kids in the long run. So that's another responsibility you have to add on to it. When it's just you, you can control it a little better. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. And like that's, it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking of this just literally yesterday and I spoke on it. Um, And I I think I probably, probably now will dive deep into it in my own show but um, I think it's a good opportunity to add to that it's funny that you say you know you're like our parents right my parents have been married 47 years 48 years mm-hmm. um and growing up and they know this they know we're very transparent on how we viewed them me and my siblings you know their marriage has not been easy it just had its right. ups and downs but um recently due to corona we had several hits and we lost several family members back to back my family on both sides, both my mom's side and my dad's side. And the third hit on my mom's side, um, my mom really lost it, like just emotional. And my dad had this way. They've been married 47 years. I am 34 years old. My dad had this way to like grab her, look at her in the eyes, speak to her. And somehow she just calmed down. And she right. got it together. That's that connection that they have. And girl, it was the first time in my 34 years of life of seeing my parents that I said, damn, that's a partnership. And that's what the fuck I want. And it, it was the first time that I actually saw, like you said, it's a connection. It's an understanding. It, it's, it's this mm-hmm. chemistry between two people. Like if I haven't seen it in all my life. I just saw it in the worst times. And it is what they say, right? In a marriage, is in good times and in bad. is right. in sickness and in health. I just saw both these both these people go through, like, the worst time of their lives, probably back to back. And I just saw it. I, I saw what it was. And it was like, oh, okay. See, now I can say that's exactly what the fuck I want in my life. That's, that's the partner I want, the one that's going to get me together the moment he needs to. So it's funny you bring that up because I just witnessed that shit. And I was like... Yeah, I think I know now what I want. <laughs> that's exactly what it is that I want. Just in an right. instance. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, it's funny because um, I had my other guest, um, Chris. Ooh. I interviewed him for my last episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had went through this little segment that I have in the beginning where we introduce one another. Everyone's still also getting to know me as well as my guests. Yes. So I like to ask, you know, these random questions. We mm. actually touched upon so many things. <laughs> Our conversations are always like this, though. We just go into like these tangents and just mm-hmm. go. Del- I love dive him, deeper. by the way. Yes, Chris. Yeah, he's amazing. Yes, he's amazing. Yes. BSing with Chris. I've been listening. The podcast. Yes, he's great. <laughs> um, so we're actually gonna skip the random questions because okay. we just covered a lot. We just gave it to <laughs> about y'all. each other. I want to say you sure did. <laughs> this is a good podcaster, guys. This is this is how that works. <laughs> yes. Just let it flow naturally. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're going to go into my next segment, and it's called Heart on My Sleeve. Mm. And this is basically where we talk about my journey to vertical sleeve gastrectomy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID, I don't have that many updates because I had my last visit with um, mm. my first visit the consultation with my surgeon Mm -hmm. and they gave me basically my plan, which I spoke about in my last episode. 
it's essentially in order for it to get covered with your insurance company, you have to do six months Correct. of prep and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sure you're aware because yes. you're in the healthcare yes. system as well. <laughs> yes. Bariatric <laughs> surgery was actually in 2012 was one of my surgical departments that I covered at my job. So I'm very familiar with the journey itself. Yes. Right. Right. So you know that it takes some time Mm -hmm. and it's a process and you have to have all these tests and all these appointments and all of that. Um, I did, I was supposed to have an endoscopy as one of the tests. Correct. So that is postponed until once ambulatory, you know, procedures are opened, which I don't see happening, honestly. Anytime soon. Until like summer, if maybe fall. Like, I don't see it. I agree with you. The hospitals are just so overrun right now. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the resources for these elective cases. Right. Correct. You're right. You're covering it all. Exactly how hospital life is right now. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I, I, that, I, that is my daytime job. Um, and it, she just covered it all. That's exactly the world we're living in. It's on a day by day basis. That's how we're learning. Mm -hmm. That's how we're vibing. That's how we're taking every single day. Yeah. I think that's what people don't understand is we've literally never been through anything like this ever. ever. Like in the history of planet Earth, mm-hmm. this has never happened. Right. Yes, there's been plagues. So imagine I was just I had this random thought today while on the train as a bum was standing too close to me. Like it was just a lot for me. And I was just like, you know, we had like the Spanish flu yes. and scarlet fever and mm-hmm. all of that. Right. Those were in times where it took you six months to mm-hmm. get from England to New York. Like, so if it can happen then, who's to say it's not going to happen now when I can walk down the street and see 50 people? Like, people don't understand how fast and how easy this can spread. And that's why it's so important for everybody to stay home. And that's, I know that's my rant all the time, but but it's like, no, no, but you need to rant that. You need to rant it because the thing is, you don't, you and I don't need to be clinicians to know what we see, to know what we face every day at work. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I, mm-hmm. I've observed all my doctors in all of my career to know which way shit is going to go. And I don't need to watch the news to really know what the deal is with this virus. The bottom line right. is that once you start seeing that many hospitalizations, once you start mm-hmm. seeing that many people sick, once you yes. start hearing that we're running out of gloves, hand sanitizers, masks, mm-hmm. and staff doesn't have the enough PPE, let's not even talk about the proper enough right. PPE okay <laughs> then you need to get alarmed just as a human being just as just mm-hmm. as a citizen you need to be alarmed you cannot possibly think that this state this country is running normal when we do not have enough hand sanitizer you cannot right. possibly think that running out of masks is normal it's not right. running out of ventilators is not normal um, and the reality is that those numbers are true. There are people dying. There's still people dying. So even though mm-hmm. we can sit there and say, oh, less people died today than the other day. It doesn't matter. It's still a lot. It's still a lot. <laughs> and it's still adding. You were still adding right. to the bottom line, this, this base number that we started with. Mm-hmm. It's still being added too. So it doesn't matter if we're adding less. It, we're still adding. It has not mm-hmm. stopped. And, and I'm glad you brought up the Spanish flu. I'm glad you brought up the history of these plagues because we've seen, we know history tells us that it has come in waves and I am a firm believer that this is just wave number one. Um, and now I don't know the ins and outs of this. It's not like I work for the government just because I'm in health, but just me 
as as a, we're as, just speculating. Yeah, based I'm on speculating what we based see. on what we see. Exactly. I strongly fear and feel that there's a wave coming another one and Mm -hmm. that's what really at this point as as a human being as an individual and as a citizen that's what my family and i are choosing to prepare for um we're we're choosing we already know who we've lost we've seen other people lose their loved ones there's nothing we could do about it you just gotta stay positive and hope for the best and, and keep your faith um but prepare for the next one just in your mind just program and like oh this might happen again like fairly soon Mm -hmm. then let's prepare for that that's really what this is about to be more prepared because the government clearly wasn't so we're gonna have to do it ourselves that's pretty much what it boils down to they were not prepared at all they didn't know what to do how to handle it how to convey the importance to the people because i'm sorry i know we're in new york right for anyone who doesn't know we're in New York, so we're in the epicenter of everything that's going on. Right. There's a lot of my friends have been stuck home since March. Right. So they don't know what it is to go down to the city. Right. They don't know what it is to get on the train. And at this point in the beginning, I was scared of the coronavirus. But now, when I get on the train, I'm scared for my life. The right. crazy people that are on that train, mm-hmm. they have nowhere to go. You have to remember, like, shelters were shut down because right. they don't have people to work them. Right. So these people are in the street. Yesterday, we had a tornado warning. I can only imagine, imagine. how many bums and and just people who are on drugs, right. what right. they're doing in these train stations. Right. Because the train stations are empty at 2 o'clock right. in the afternoon. Right. And, and they're seeking scary. shelter. They're seeking shelter. They're, I mean, they're not safe outside. They're about to get drenched. A tornado right. warning, that means we run the risk of there being lightning. So... That's another thing that they have to look out for, right? And mm-hmm. they can no longer go into hospitals um, to, to pretend like they're not feeling well, to malinger a little bit. And listen, we're not trash talking someone who lives in the streets who's a bomb or someone right. who... It's not that. It's just facts. We're stating facts. This is what life in New York City is. For anyone who has been here, has been on a single... Just go on the one train. Go on the one train. And I don't ride that one train, but I know about the one train. Go on that one train. At 1, 2 in the morning, you will see. You will see. And and unfortunately, is a, is a problem we do have in the city. There's too many people living in the streets. But, yeah. like, to your point, it's like so many people were discharged from receiving certain care or cannot get to their doctor's appointments to get their medications, mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's their psycho- psychiatry medications or things like that. So now we're dealing with what's out in the streets, too. And it's funny you mentioned that because I have to go back into the office next week and I actually said, nah, I'm getting a ride in and I'm taking a cab home because I too don't feel safe getting on that train. I, I don't even feel safe with taking out a hand sanitizer on the train. All I need is for someone to look at me with a hand sanitizer and say, hand nah, sanitizer. this bitch got the sanitizer. I'm going to get it from her. Or just, just your bag in general. Yes. Because, and then that's also another thing. It's not only just the homeless people. Mm-hmm. It's also the disenfranchised people who aren't getting money, money. now. Exactly. Who, who can't get through to unemployment, mm-hmm. so they're not receiving any checks. Mm-hmm. Who maybe moved since they've filed their income tax right. in whenever, and it hasn't changed because they didn't file this year yet. Mm-hmm. Like it's just there's so many variables and so many people who might not be getting money. Right. And people get. I don't even know what's the word. Desperate? It's, it is desperate. It is. Because I, I don't think, I honestly don't feel like, this is why we encounter sometimes people who, oh, it's their first offense. 
oh, that's not like them. They would never do something like that. But you know what? Desperate mm-hmm. times call for desperate measures. Right. And there are people right now who are hurting in more ways than mm-hmm. one. And they are going to have to resort to go out into the street to rob someone or to, mm-hmm. to rob something or to hurt somebody. There's for a reason a why these dollar. stores and these mm-hmm. restaurants are boarded up. Yes. There's a reason for that. Yes. Yes. And it's crazy. You know, what's funny is, again, it goes to the point of how careful we are. Right. Um, When we got the news in the beginning about the corona, I it's funny. My trainer was like, yo, like we're cutting off. Let's say we're stopping the training sessions, because when you think about it, mm-hmm. even at the gym, it's like, yo, there's, we're touching everything. We're touching everything. Right. We have to be conscious that this is probably going to be something a little bit more serious. But again, it takes people like us who know about the body, know about, you know, medical stuff, know about healthcare, understand certain spread of germs. And then there's people who really don't understand. There's people who right. don't see a big deal in like, well, why the fuck are you closing down the gym? There's a reason. Exactly. There's a reason. It's There's so exactly. many things getting closed down right now, shut down, interfering with people's lives. It can't, you know, for some people, their therapy is the gym. That's how they don't take medication, right. say, for PTSD. And they go to the gym to release certain frustration, certain stressors. And those are also the people we need to be worried about. Not saying they're bad people, but shit, imagine coping with PTSD by going to the gym and now the gym is closed. And you can't, you know, because they're choosing not to take medication. So now they don't have both, Mm -hmm. you know. And and I say that because I mean... It's just a way to clear your head. Exactly. And I say that because I meet so many people who say, I come to the gym to deal with my PTSD. They'll, They'll say that. And it's like, fuck, like... What's going to happen with all those people? You know what I mean? What's going to happen with everyone who who chooses that route instead of taking medication to calm their PTSD? So, you know, it's a it's a, it's a huge picture yeah. right now. It's huge. It's well, all insane. It's all <laughs> insane. And I'm actually glad that you brought up the gym because I wanted to know, you know, mm. I know you were working out towards a girl's trip. You were supposed to go to Jamaica yes. in a couple of months and that had to be canceled because, you know, COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, but I do see that you're still like trying to stay active and yes. doing your home workouts. Mm-hmm. So like what's motivating you to stay active now? Um, so we were supposed to be in Jamaica from the 13th through the 7th, from the 11th to the 17th. That obviously didn't happen of April. So we postponed mm-hmm. it to August. Um, you know, am I working out like I'm able to work out at a gym? No, but there are home workouts you could do. So I have kettlebells here. I have my mats. I have my resistant bands. I have certain things that could still keep me active. So one thing I've tried my best to continue doing because I commit to it is at minimum 100 squats a day, at minimum 50 push-ups, at minimum 100 crunches. I, that's that's right. my daily stuff. Um, I can incorporate the resistance bands too. I, I feel like I'm strong enough for that because – y'all do that shit every day your whole the bottom part of your entire body is gonna hurt so once (laughs) you know you have to like stay consistent um and then just keep going up because once you hit a certain plateau which i actually did hit the plateau um you need to keep pushing yourself over the limit to 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 see movement and the shit is right before this corona happened i did start seeing the movement i wanted to see and it's not just about like the scale. My scale is right there. If, if anybody sees my little mirror selfies, you look at the floor. My scale's right there. The, mm-hmm. I do check my weight, but I also check my measurements, my inches, my clothes. I'm like, all right, these jeans are still feeling a little loose here. All right, good, we're good, you know. But on the on the mental spectrum, 
because that's also a huge part of weight loss journey. It's been hard. Acceptance. Yeah, it's been hard because as much as I know I haven't gained weight, I thought I did. And I'm like, no, I haven't. Okay, I'm still okay. I'm looking at the mirror and I don't see a strong person, how I felt when I was really pushing my limits. I was bench pressing. I was squatting weight. Like I was squatting heavy. Like I think my, I was squatting 207 pounds, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. Deadlifts, you know, and I don't see that strong person and it's all mental now, right? Because like, can I go back into the gym tomorrow and do it straight? No, probably not. I got to build up on it. But I know now that my mental is getting affected. Um, And so that's when I had to start. Even with the working out, I've actually found a way to do the resistance bands now, sitting on my sofa. And while I'm doing the resistance bands, I actually close my eyes like as if I'm meditating. So it's been a way now for me to like really zone out and really connect with my body to, to make my body believe that I'm strong. Um, because it's my mental that's been mostly affected. It definitely has been. Yeah. Well, that's a great idea, actually, because (laughs) if you're thinking about it, like you're not scrolling through your phone, Mm -hmm. maybe you'll be listening to music, but that's all in your head anyway. So if you just try to tune everything out while you're doing that, Mm -hmm. focusing on your breathing, because that's what you're supposed to be doing when you're lifting weights anyway. Yeah. That's a type of meditation. Definitely. I never even thought about it that way. That's my new thing. I wasn't like, I haven't even told my trainer, but it's my new thing. Like I just sit there, I'm doing the resistance bands and I got to keep going. But then. I just close my eyes. I zone everyone out. And it's like, you know, again, it's it's when you think about journeys and weight loss is really it's a really hard journey, whether you choose to have surgery or not, because for mm-hmm. for anybody who doesn't know, and I'm sure you're going to dive so much deeper into this stuff. Surgical weight loss journey is not as easy as people think it is. There is such a journey in itself for that. And I'll be very transparent. And I shared this with you, Steph. Before I ever started in bariatric surgery, I used to think, oh, that's the easy way out. And right. then when I worked for bariatric surgery and I learned everything about it, it's like, nah, that's not the easy way out. That's actually harder. You don't just go and just, oh, okay, do the surgery. Like there's a whole mental process. There's a physical process. There is a spiritual process too. And it's something that I respect because I'm actually one, as much as I work in healthcare, I fear surgeries. And so mm-hmm. after learning what those journeys entail, that's when I was like, no, if I'm going to lose weight, like I have to figure out a way to do it naturally and as much as I can and as best as I can, because I fear it. I, I do fear it. I, I've seen so many patients who are so successful with their weight loss surgeries, but then there's some who aren't and not by choice. Sometimes just people react different. Um, and it's something that I just commend so much because Anything could go, God forbid, wrong during a surgery. And so there takes a lot of courage, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, this whole process of just preparing mentally for it. And I actually feel like what I'm doing is actually the easier route. You know, it's, it's a matter of me just tricking myself into believing, into actually finding that confidence and into building, you know, the discipline. But this this journey with surgery is a whole other ball game, and my respects right. to that because I fear it one thousand percent. I do. Yeah, I mean, just piggybacking on what you said, you know, a lot of people do think that having this type of procedure or any type of weight loss surgery mm-hmm. is an easy way out, mm-hmm. but that's just really like a stigma that mm-hmm. people have with you know quote unquote 
fat people. Mm -hmm. They think people are overweight because they're lazy. They think people are overweight because they can't stop eating cheeseburgers, you know? And it's like, that's not the case at all. Some people are just more genetically inclined to be overweight. You Mm -hmm. can, you know, eat kale and have smoothies and run three miles every day, but you may never be a size two. Like maybe you won't, you know, you'll have great, blood work and labs Mm -hmm. and you know blood pressure and your Mm -hmm. vitals would be amazing a perfect bill of health but that doesn't necessarily mean that your body is going to slim down to a size zero unless you're malnourished right there's just (laughs) i mean it's true like some people Mm -hmm. in order to get that small they actually have to be malnourished yeah like i remember thinking i could only eat like 900 calories a day I remember when I actually calculated how much calories it takes just for me to live. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no way I'm only eating 900 calories a day. There's a smarter way to do these things. And I've tried them all. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what this podcast is about. Um, And just, you know, segue into our next segment. It's called Eat Your Heart Out. Mm. And it's basically where I highlight a diet plan or a fad diet that maybe we've tried Mm. because you know listen i've tried them all i'm not even gonna hold (laughs) you like all the diet plans meal plans i'm gonna purchase this workout plan from this girl and i'm gonna take the stuff from this guy and Mm -hmm. the and i'm just gonna be fucking looking like j-lo by next summer like this is what goes on in my head because i've tried them fucking all right so i (laughs) i wanted to have a segment where we talk about it and sometimes there's these there's these diets, girl, that I've never heard of ever. And I'm just like, well, that's that's interesting. What you got for me today? <laughs> so the one I have for you. Because you gave me a face. The, <laughs> as per everydayhealth.com, mm-hmm. the ultimate sex diet. So basically, an author, Carrie McClowski, has discovered a more pleasurable R-rated way to lose weight. The oh. ultimate sex diet starts like most others with a two-week meal plan. That emphasizes on fresh fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, seafood, spices, herbs, whole grains, the whole nine yards. Um, But they really try to emphasize on aphrodisiacs. So like oysters, garlic, truffles, all that, you know, libido boosting stuff. Not what I need right now during quarantine, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not right now. That is interesting. (laughs) She's just like, you know, eat what you want. Just in moderation, because from what I've gathered from the meal plan, I didn't purchase the meal plan, so I'm not really sure. But what I've gathered from it is basically it's caloric deficits. Okay. So you're going under, you're trying to just manage your calories that you're bringing in. Correct. Right, right, right. But then you're also working out. So you can still have a balanced meal plan. You know, you can have a little bit of bread one day, some carbs, some meat, some fats, but just, you know, you're managing how much you actually intake. And then there's the workout plan. Okay. So, and what's the workout plan? And do Listen. I incorporate fruits in the workout plan? Like, I mean, I guess if it's part of your macros, I, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> you know? So what the author encourages is that for couples to engage in intercourse oh. three to five times a week. 
Okay. But you have to double up on weekends. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you have to add another cardio activity two to three times a week together. Okay. So basically what this is, is bringing, I feel like it's also bringing a closeness yes. with the couples. Yes. You know, so this isn't even something that you have to do just to lose weight. This no. could just be something to just, you know, feel better, eat better, maybe work out. You know, this is actually something cool to try if and you're, together. you know, booed up during yeah. quarantine. Yeah. Oh, but you know what, though? Like, that's going to be a fail for me because I'm going to like, I'll be like, I'm not having fruits at breakfast. We're having it tonight. And I'm going to throw chocolate in there. Is chocolate part of this diet? This diet? I think it is. Listen, you just have to count your macros. I feel that's like all I got to do. Get, yeah. Yeah. Have a little, you know, melt some. You have nothing but time. You're in the house. Yep. Get a double boiler. Melt some dark yep. chocolate yep. right before you get, you know. Do what it do. I don't got to melt it, girl. I have the edible chocolate thing from from Candy Bedroom was my Candy Burrows, my girl from Real Housewives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one I got. Yeah, that's the one I got. Even with self-love, I I still follow certain diets. (laughs) Listen, you have to do what you have to do. Yes. But that is interesting. It is very interesting. And I feel like that's something that these couples can actually do. There's these things... She has like sex exercises, as she calls them. So she'll do a crunchy kiss, which sounds weird, but I'm assuming like you're just doing sit ups and then you kiss when you meet in the middle. You know, like cute TikTok video kind of things that you see on Instagram, all that shit. And it's funny because this was definitely made pre COVID. So, yeah. So look at that. That's just something you can look up. There's so many things out here that you can do, whether it's by yourself or with a significant other, Mm -hmm. you know, just to try to motivate yourself as well. And you will probably not get pregnant by just doing crunches and kissing. Just saying. (laughs) So if you are not looking to have a Corona baby, um, y'all could just, you know, crunch and kiss. There are going to be so So many many babies babies. born in 2021. (laughs) Yes, so girl. many babies. I know, I know. Believe don't me. invite me to any baby showers. I'm not going. Every, like, no, don't invite me. First of all, you knew what you was doing. <laughs> and second of all, we're still gonna practice social distancing. So I do not want right. to. I will go to virtual baby showers. I will not be attending <laughs> um any in person baby showers. Um, no, 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 no. And then you know, some kids be mad dirty, and these people are gonna bring their kids, and their bees. Listen, I don't have time. I can't. These kids are gross. No, no, I can't. But that's actually interesting, you know, with, um, I'm definitely an, uh, an oysters girl. I'm an oysters girl for sure. Um, and, and I'm one that will say like, give me the right food and, um, you're going to get me in the mood, but I'm also one that likes <laughs> to bring food into the bedroom. So like, really? uh, yeah. Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I could see how <laughs> yes, guys, I, I knew you would. This is, I just knew this was the perfect diet for you. Like when I was looking at my list, I was it like, is. which diet should yeah. I pick for Miss D? Because clearly. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And <laughs> you know what? I'm very picky with it because it's like, you can't have that with everybody. You know, not everybody is into it. Not everybody knows how to appreciate it. Um, but if you, you know, you need open mindedness with someone and just, you know, willing to let you, you know, accessorize them with some strawberries. 
<laughs> or something else. I don't know. <laughs> but, you yeah, know. You know, strawberry pasties. Strawberry pasties. I'm into the pasties. <laughs> Y'all gonna learn with me. I'm into pasties. I have actually tassels, too, but those are not edible. Um, yes, yes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. Um, but, um, no, but, um, you know, I do think that when you think of times like this, and even if it's not times like this, like, you know, call it a fat diet, call it a just exercise. When you think of it, if you do have someone, it is nice to do things like this with them. And and it is nice, like, especially on a motivating scale of things, like, you get to spend time together, right? You're hyping each other up. You're motivating each other. You know, you're pushing each other. And you're keeping each other accountable, too. And when we have times like this where it's hard to stay accountable, you know, it's kind of it's kind of nice when you have someone there to say, all right, come on, let's do this. You know what? I'll, I'll help you. And, right. you know, you do have that. But see, that goes back to my point. That's not just a boyfriend now. That's a partner. That's 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 your partner. You know what I mean? Well, have you ever had like a weight loss or a fitness journey with a partner? Because I have. You have? I have. OK, so that's why I don't think it's like a real I don't know how to explain it. Like because you said that's like a partner, like someone you love. I've had that with guys who I eh, didn't really care about, but I'm a competitive ass bitch. Gotcha. So it's like if you try to be like, oh, I remember one time me and my ex had this um this dare for oh. the for October. Oh, it was the, the month of October, and it was like whoever could lose the most weight in those 31 days wow. had to like pay for like a big date and like mm-hmm. extravagance and whatever mm-hmm. the other person wanted and all of that. Mm-hmm. Bitch, I lost. 17 pounds that month i was not playing i don't play how much he so, lost i don't even think he lost a pound girl he, he wanted you he wanted week. you to take him out to dinner <laughs> <laughs> that's what he wanted he wanted you he said this is my moment for her to take me somewhere really 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 no, nice <laughs> it was supposed to be that no whoever won got taken out oh got taken so, like, out he had, yeah so where he took you Girl, we broke up. Oh, you, damn. I would have broken up with him. I was after. feeling myself. I was, I was a bad bitch no, again. I was like, him. fuck that. I lost 17 pounds. We're done. I'm moving on. <laughs> next month. Who's next? Listen, I I saw the fake love of my life again. We'll get into Ooh, that. Oh, girl. Fake love of my life. And he was just like, what are you doing with that cornball? And I was just like, you know what? You're absolutely right. You know, <laughs> that's actually, it's so funny because it's actually, so for one, let me just say, I've never, I had this like long distance mess. I'm gonna call him a mess. Um, but he was a long <laughs> distance mess. Um, but he was very gym driven. And even at a long distance, there was a lot of motivation. Um, and there was a lot of challenge. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm, I, I agree with you. I like the competition. I love to feel like I've dated men who I've seen, you know, working out. They'll put up their videos or whatever. And there's times I'm like, damn, he look good doing that. And there's times I'm like, damn, that's that's how many plates you push. Like, that's it. You know, because right. I could do more than that. You know, so I've had like the, the both senses. Um, but I do feel that because I'm competitive, too, I like to feel that push. I would want right. to be able I, I'm not a gym rat, so I don't need a gym rat. But if he is a gym right. rat, I would want to have shared moments at the gym too I, I would want him to push me to my limit 
Um, mm-hmm. I say I'm not a gym rat because I'm still a plus size woman. Um, I know right. that no matter how many times I go to the gym and how much work I put into it, there's just some structures that will stick to a certain size. So I already know right. that about myself, but my strength doesn't have to stay to a certain magnitude. Um, you know, there's certain things that I could still push beyond my limits. So I would want that. I would want a partner who's going to want to be like, yo, let's go to the gym. Come on. Let, let's see. Let's see how much you could do. I would want that. I would want someone who's yeah. going to use that as their, I don't know. I just, it just feels so like I'm cheesing right now. Cause I'm like, it just feels fun. You know, it's like, <laughs> it definitely, feels it looks fun. like something I know to share exactly what you mean by that. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean by that. So I want to say I was at my physical peak. Now at one point I was a gym rat. I mm. was going to the gym four times a week. Mm. I would wake up at four 30 in the morning, mm. go before work, shower, go to work, you know, come yeah. home, be a mom, do it all over again the mm-hmm. next day. And I want to say I was at my peak the, t- the year I turned 30. So that Beautiful. was 2015. Mm-hmm. And that year I dated a guy who did CrossFit. That <sighs> year um, another guy I was seeing, he's the one that actually, you know, introduced me to the gym and weightlifting Got because it. I was working out and I was going to the gym, but I was a cardio bunny. I was Got on it. the elliptical. I was on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. I was on the steps. I was doing that. I wasn't lifting weights because I didn't know how. And mm-hmm. he was actually the person who taught me how to like use the machines in the right. in the gym. And then I just started buying all these plans. And girl, you couldn't tell me I wasn't a personal trainer. I oh. would I would come out with a gym plan every month that year. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but like you can just tell in my body. And I was I wasn't small. That yeah. was my me at my physical yes. peak. And I was not small. I want to say I weighed. 180 got it okay okay but i looked like because a lot of my weight was muscle Mm. like my legs were muscle Mm -hmm. my arms were muscle like i was it was just amazing Mm -hmm. and it was the partners that i had at that time that did actually motivate me and push me towards it Mm -hmm. because it's like i'm not gonna be here eating a fucking twinkie and you're here getting washboard abs that's not gonna happen right but in the reverse once i dated someone who was a fucking lazy girl (sighs) i know Listen, let it out, okay? guys. I gained right. so much fucking weight. Mm. And that's why I, I just need to take myself back. I need to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now I have to try to do it without a partner, if that makes I sense. I get what because you're saying. So much of my journey was with one. See, and mo- most of my journey was without. So that's where mm-hmm. I'm discovering, like, in the long run, like, when I do establish, like, having a partner, I would want someone who shares that. I don't want to say a weight loss journey because for all I know, it, it's not about weight loss for them. It's just about strength mm-hmm. right? and conditioning. Fitness. Right. It could just be fitness. Um, but I would want someone who's going to want to share that that piece of life with me. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. if we don't go together, he's going to understand the importance of me going too. So it's not just about him going. Right. Like he knows, all right, babe got to go. So you go. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that because I, I don't know what it is to have that gym partner. I don't know what that is. But I've seen it and I like it. So it's definitely something that I would want to have. Yeah. I think I want to meet in the middle. Like you said, someone who doesn't necessarily have to go with me to Mm -hmm. every workout. Like he's not my my gym partner partner, Mm -hmm. but someone who knows that like, hey, babe, you want me to come over after, you know, when you get out of work so I can stay with Ethan and you can hit the gym like that. You listen, (laughs) anybody who's listening to this right now, if you ever want to date me. 
like dead ass Mm -hmm. like please understand that's the best thing you could do for me is tell me hey i'll make dinner for ethan real quick if you want to hit the gym for an hour what girl don't i know that i'm sucking your dick that night i promise you i am on knees i promise you minimum 45 (laughs) minutes straight i've done that shit before (laughs) minimum (laughs) 45 minutes straight minimum i said minimum listen what position you want me in I can't even like I don't think men understand like they don't just how much that no it's they just don't amazing they don't and that's the thing like it's like again we are t- like a lot of single moms who don't have the opportunity even or the time to go to a gym so it's like when you can just help them out just for that that moment it's like huge and I'm you know it's even great that you're bringing up the whole piece of a partner you know taking over i have a teenager but that doesn't mean i just leave my teenager by himself so you know if someone does come it's like y'all i'll chill like he'll be good you want to go it'll be huge for me you know what i mean like you don't Mm -hmm. gotta give him money you don't have to provide for him you don't have to i got that part but like if you could just sit in the house like just make sure he don't bring no girls over and he's not speaking about it like we're good in my room yes you can dead be in my room watching tv he'll be fine he'll be fine he'll be fine just make sure you don't burn down the house or run away right right (laughs) y'all could be cool like because really i listen i have a teenager so all he really needs is like a good friendship with someone he's a respectful kid you know what i'm saying because i raised i raised that part right um but it is huge when we when we could be given time just for ourselves to be able to go lift some weights and do some cardio, it's huge. It's it's so rewarding to us. It's it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. Like just talking about it's like making me more zen. Um, because yo, that's like our go to place to release our stress too. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Just to just to show that you have control over something as well, mm. like controlling your body and controlling like your fitness. That's that's a control that that's. I don't want to say you don't want to get obsessive either, mm, but it's a right. good control to have, you know, mm-hmm. like I know that if I go to the gym three to four times a week, I'm going to be able to get under a 10 minute mile. I mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. Can I do that shit now? Fuck no. 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 Right. But right. I know if I were to do it, if I were to put in the work, that's something I could control and I would be able to do it and I would be able to do it comfortably. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Do you even feel like when you're in the gym, because that's one thing, like I know I turned 34 but I feel mm-hmm. younger now than when I did when I turned 30 because oh, yeah. 30 was my year where I was like, fuck, I got to change my life because it was bad. But I feel younger now. It's so unreal to me that I'm 34 and I'm going to be 35. I mean, not for when I was 30. I started my fitness journey when I was 26 years old. Okay. So I've okay. been going at this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost 75 pounds in okay. 2013. And since then, it's just been a fitness journey, ups and downs, and yeah. weight loss, mm-hmm. weight gain, all of that. I've been through it all. So, but before that, I want to say, I look at pictures of myself mm-hmm. when I was like 22, even before I had Ethan. So like a lot of people, and this, it kills me because a lot of people assume that I'm big now because I had my kids so early. Right. No. <laughs> No. I've always been a bigger girl. Like I may not have been fat, quote unquote, right. but I was always bigger. I've always had thighs. I've always had, you know, all of that. Like I've always mm-hmm. had it. So mm-hmm. I've never been small. So I would look at pictures of myself back in like when I was 21, 22. I had Ethan when I was 24, 21, yeah. 22, even a little bit of 23. And I was just like, 
you look i feel like i look so much younger now yeah. than i did then yeah and i'm we're talking a whole 10 12 13 years ago yeah and it's because of the little changes i made i'm not drinking soda every day right i'm not you know eating there was one i want to say half a year when i ate a fucking do you remember when mcdonald's came out with a double cheeseburger and it was a dollar <gasps> yes <laughs> I know that I was eating one of them shits every Every day, day. Mm -hmm. every day. And it's because, you know, growing up, you know, I love my mom, but she didn't teach us about, you know, what diets Mm -hmm. and what you should be eating. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who had salad with every meal. We didn't have salad with every meal. I didn't. Right. We just didn't. We had rice, beans and meat. Rice, beans and meat is what we had. Rice with everything. And I'm not even going to hold you. Rice with everything. It was a rice. A type of bean and literally chicken, steak, uh-huh. whatever. It was uh-huh. rice, beans, and a type of meat. That's yeah. what you ate every day. It wasn't even like fish. Fish and seafood were like special occasion type shit. Right. Like my mom didn't make that. My mom worked full time. Right. So I can't even blame her. You know how easy it is to make fucking rice, beans, and meat? But it's I, the had easy cook- shit. <laughs> I had a home cooked meal every day, though. <laughs> it's true. You're right. You're right. It's true. It's and true. let me tell you, as a 34 year old woman now, even. Feeling younger than I did at 23, even all of this strong, independent. Mm-hmm. I do not cook every fucking day. Neither do and I. I do not know how my mom does it. Same. And this corona has really like put me on some shit because it's like, what the fuck am I going to? I'm tired of cooking. I was, and I'm tired yeah. of washing dishes. Yeah, yeah me too. Tired. Me too. I'm going to get PTSD from this shit. I was not made for this. <laughs> I, went, I think I told you this before and I'm very serious to the team. I do not look forward to marrying the kitchen again. Even if I decide to get married again, I am hoping to find a partner who, yes, likes the gym, um, but also loves to cook because my ass don't want to do it. No, I don't. Not even just loves. Just if you have a solid, let's say, like three recipes, if you know how to make three things and we could just split that up, I'll be happy with it. Even if one of those things is a big salad, you're just chopping up fucking lettuce and whatever whatever yes if you could just help me like that because i can't cook every day i it's not for me and and i'm so happy you're like saying that so out loud because sometimes i feel like i must be like the only abnormal 34 year old single mother woman who does this and says this shit (laughs) and no really it's like my mom looks at me and she's like you're never gonna find a husband i'm like relax relax let's not go there seriously let's not no be- I just, if my husband can't afford to, like, you know, order a meal once a week, then maybe we shouldn't be married. Thank because you. It's 2020. No, honestly. <laughs> and and it just, it's not like, listen, it's, I just feel like there's just, listen, there's this gender role shit. You know this. Every one of my listeners know this. For those who want to catch up, start up, catching up to my episodes. But I say this not jokingly. Like, okay, if you have a business, great. If you want to work a part-time job, fantastic. One of us has to raise the kids. Childcare is too fucking expensive. It could be you. It, it can be you. I'm not going to look at you wrong. You're still going to be a strong ass man in my eyes if you could raise kids. Fuck that. Like, you could be the stay at home dad. I hope you like to cook too. I will wash the dishes and I will fold all the clothes. You can carry the clothes. I will fold them. Like, there's just cer- there's certain things that I am willing to negotiate because I know what I like to do and don't like to do. And I've discovered that right. even more now with this quarantine like i mm-hmm. i to have to work from home virtually i am doing i'm choosing to do the podcasting i have a son who's virtually learning now and i gotta feed him three times a day and and if i meet a if i meet a man who's like pop me out a kid all right if you a deserving man i'm gonna pop you out a kid 
but then you're gonna need to juggle this life too and and i'm all for you being the stay-at-home dad though because honestly i like if there's anything that i fear it's childcare fees and these 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 fucking daycares like it's disgusting. I, like, so remember how we especially in New York. Thank you. I remember how I said like there was a whole group of friends that started a whole separate wave of their babies. Girl, mm-hmm. when they talk about their childcare fees, I'm like, I don't know that life. Like, when did these prices go up? <laughs> how did this happen? Like, right. wh- times have changed this much. Like, I didn't. I never dealt with that. I never dealt with those out of this world prices and fuck having kids is expensive but and they they eat a lot like i, I can't be cooking like this i'm stressed guys i'm really stressed and then like, my son, he's just picky so all he wants to eat is chicken and then sometimes he doesn't want to eat it and i just be stressed I- do you want to like and and knowing what you know now even with like the quarantine right and how you've because it's, it's an adjustment for everybody like do you see yourself like are my thoughts of marriage still the same or do you see certain adjustments have happened to that thought process too like with what you've learned. Honestly, um, I think I want for a very long time. I said I didn't want to get married. Hear you. Like mm-hmm. I was never the one who was like, I want my big white dress, and I want. I didn't even want a sweet sixteen. Like from yeah. my sweet sixteen, I remember being twelve years old with my best friend at the time, and we were planning it out, and she was gonna have the huge party, <laughs> and you know I was gonna be in her thing, and we were gonna do the dance, and you know our dresses were gonna be bomb, but we were gonna go away from my sweet sixteen. Got like it. that's what our plan was. Yeah. It didn't work out that way because you know life. Yeah. But at like twelve years old, those are the things we were planning. So I've never been one to want the big lavish wedding, mm-hmm. and. To me, it's a waste of a lot of fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to spend $25,000 for a mediocre wedding. Because yeah. in order for your shit to be popping, you have to spend a lot, a lot of, of fucking, fucking money. money. Yeah, Like, 25 Gs is just a regular, you bought your dress off the rack. Yeah. And, like, it's not, it's not, not to knock anyone who does that. But no, it's, it's not, not like but... one of these love and hip hop weddings. Right. And for me, like, if I'm going to spend that much money, like, I want a love and hip hop wedding. Like, right. you understand? I hear you. I hear you. So it was never my thing. Yeah. Um, and I've always been that way. But I also feel like that has to do with just the way I was raised. Okay. The marriages that I saw growing up. So I know you said your parents have been married for almost 50 years yes, at this point. Almost, yeah. You know, I saw my parents separate and get divorced when I was like 13. And I want to say anyone who I knew as a child who was a married couple, by the time I was a teenager, they were all divorced. Got it. Okay. So for me, marriage was just like, okay, this seems like it's a waste of time and a waste of paper and a waste of splitting assets and all that bullshit. So I was always one who was like, "Mm, you know, if I love somebody, we can just be together and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's what happened with my son's father. Yeah. We ended up moving in together. We had the baby. We were a happy little family until we weren't until a happy little family. Yeah. yeah, same. Same girl. I mean, I did the whole <laughs> wedding thing, but I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't so much because, oh, you know, I saw people happy. It was more like, all right, Daisy, you broke all the rules. You moved out with a man. Shame on you. So now <laughs> you have to get married. And it was more like that. Um, And we did. And then, you know, we immediately broke up immediately went through a whole divorce thing i mean you know yeah we have a kid we, we do a great job today co-parenting but before it was like ugh, so much drama it was disgusting um but it was there's a lot that i did learn from then too and so he's a man who 
did like to cook and you know that that was a little bit of a spoiling on me because you know there were the days I would have to cook but he liked to do it too so you know there was there were some moments sometimes where he would take over and so there were the there were the good times and the bad times but the good times were definitely involved when he would just like all right I'm gonna cater to you today and then it was like one in the blue, right. but you know, he, he would do it. I feel like this is where we get, a, this is why we get along because I feel like even though you were married and I wasn't, mm-hmm. I went through the same exact yeah. thing. I moved in with my son's father when I was 21 years old. Yep. We lived together until I was, we lived together for five years. That's a long time. That's basically a marriage. Yes. Like, in the beginning of our relationship (laughs) he didn't even want me going on girls trips and things like that like Mm -hmm. it was something we had to make compromises for like it was this whole big thing and it was almost like a marriage i just didn't sign the paper yeah when we broke up you know there was still splitting of assets you know who's gonna Mm -hmm. do what who's gonna be where where's ethan gonna live like all of this were these were conversations we had to ask because we were living with each other as if we were married for so long right so it's like, right. you know, me and you, we understand what that is. And yes. for him, just to piggyback, you said that your husband liked to, you know, cook and he was happy yeah. with cooking. My son's father washed clothes. Oh, he went to the laundromat, <laughs> washed the clothes, <laughs> brought them back. I just had to fold them when they got home. Yeah. That? Like, yes, yes. I think that's why I stood with him for so long. And it's not even trying to be <laughs> funny, but like that was like a really big, important love language for me. Just yes. for him saying like, yes. you know what, babe? Because we lived on the fifth floor, mm. no elevator. Mm. So he was like, you know what, babe? Don't even worry about it. In the beginning, I would go with him. But mm-hmm. then I got pregnant and he was like, just it's I'm putting them in the machine and taking them out. Like, don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. We'll just fold them when I get home. And that yeah. was just amazing. Yeah. And that was a part of our partnership. Yeah. And see, I'm oh, thank you for saying that. It's part of your partnership. That's something that's actually so huge for me. Like I look forward to the day that I see my partner going down the stairs with that laundry bag and coming back up with the laundry bag. It's those little things <laughs> like you. So many people are like they don't see the, the value in those little things. But those are little things that are just so valuable to us. And I could sit here for days at a time going over all the little things that matter, right? But it, it's all like when you think about it, it's all like a mental factor too. It's all a spiritual factor too. Like it brings me so much joy like to think that someone's actually going to care to carry down a damn laundry bag and carry it back up and I don't have to worry about that, you know? It's a love language. It is a love and language. I, People don't understand that. Like for some of us, it is and a I love language. Like that's a New York love language because... <laughs> To say that I'm willing to walk five blocks to the nearest laundromat, Mm -hmm. wash the clothes and bring them back just for you. And you can stay home Mm -hmm. doing whatever, whether I'm cooking or Mm -hmm. I'm cleaning the house. But just to know that I got this, that is a love language in New York. And And I don't care what anybody says. New York City is its own culture. Oh, yes, it is. We're a whole jungle, guys. It's a whole whole jungle. Yes. Like just being from New York itself, like there's a a brotherhood that we have here. And there are just some things that we go through that other states and other places that they just don't understand. And even this COVID, it actually highlighted that even more. So, you know, just to stay off of that, we're going to get into our segment. Mm -hmm. And it is Y'all Deadass. I know (laughs) 
Daisy loves my rants on Instagram. And I, I told you it. I was going to incorporate this into my podcast because I just had to. Because yes. clearly doing it on my Instagram bothered people. So I'm going to do it on my podcast. So if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. You shouldn't be listening. Exactly. Point blank period. I put explicit in it. For a reason. reason. It doesn't just mean I'm going to be cursing, which I am. Yeah. But it's also other things. Don't listen if it's going to hurt your feelings. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Period. Mm-hmm. So just saying that New York City is a brotherhood, I don't know how I'm feeling about the possibility of summer 2020 being canceled in New York. Oh, man. It is causing me, I want to say anxiety. Yeah. Because we only get but maybe six full weeks of real life summer Summer. Mm -hmm. in New York City. Mm -hmm. Like we go from winter, like today, it is April 22nd, Mm -hmm. right? End of April. Mm -hmm. It was freezing this morning. Mm -hmm. It was 38 degrees when I left for work. Yeah. I still had my coat and my scarf Mm -hmm. while other people like the Floridians who open back (laughs) up their beaches are fucking tanning and enjoying their best life. Fucking. Did you see the meme where they're volleyballing the coronavirus? Because that's basically what the fuck y'all doing. Yes, I saw. I saw. (laughs) Yeah. They were wearing no masks. They're wearing no masks. No masks. (laughs) And it's like. Because they're always in this environment where they can always just walk to the beach, run around the beach, whether it's with a sweater, Mm -hmm. but they can always do it. It's always, quote unquote, summer in Florida. Right. We really wait for this shit. Mm -hmm. I literally, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, I live in New York. I'm still living here just so I can have the summers here. Mm -hmm. You have said that to me before. Yeah. Because it's just crazy. Yeah. As a native New Yorker, Daisy. Yes. What will you miss about this summer if we can't have one damn it um i actually thought about this um was it yesterday or the day before i think it was the day before because um i got the notification and i think i shared it with you too that they did extend the closure to the schools and i said oh they're gonna keep doing this shit and so i was like if they keep doing this shit then they're gonna be closed the schools throughout the rest of the school year which is then gonna go into june then I saw the news that they're not opening up concerts or nothing through June. Mm-hmm. So when I said that, I said, all right. When I saw that, I said, all right. I said, this fucking Corona just fucked up the whole fucking summer, basically, because June is like an essential month for the summer, mm-hmm. you know, because when you think about it, yeah, July is it usually gets lit and then you can still close out in August. Right. But August right. is when you start losing the touch, too, because some adults have to now adjust to going back to school. For their kids, right. some for themselves. So they got to get it together midway, right? And then also, it rains a lot in New York. And, and it August. rains. Thank you. Like, you really have yes. to enjoy your June and July. Your June and July. Thank you. Right, because that's how I view summer. I view summer as June and July. I don't really view it as July and August. Um, right. Yes, we are in a pandemic. And yes, people are dying. Trust me. I know. I've lost a few family members. So I sympathize and I empathize. But. For us who are alive, okay, and for us who the show goes on and we have to continue living, yes, as a native New Yorker, the thought of there being no summer, the thought of we can't go to the park to barbecue, the thought of we can't go to the pool because if you've ever been to New York City and you've seen some of these houses, not everybody has a pool in the backyard, right? Um, Right. I have a backyard. I just don't have a pool in it. 
it's it's right. it's disturbing because that's part of what a lot of people's childhood still consists of being able to go have your barbecues with your family with your friends being able to go to the pool to go to the beach to tan and mm-hmm. when you think about like oh let's open up new york sooner or you have other states who are just opening right sooner the problem with that is for one, am I pissed? Yeah, I get to see you right. doing it, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Two, call it a little bit of envy if you want. Sure, not a problem. Mm-hmm. But there's also the issue that if we're not all on the same fucking page, we're going to keep spreading right. this shit. That's mm-hmm. the fucking problem. And that's why some states can have summer all year round, while others mm-hmm. are going to have to lose it for the only two months that they get it. And right. summer does make a difference for us. Like, just yesterday... I don't know how much of your audience or, or even you, Steph, I don't know how much you know about freestyle, but I, I, I know about freestyle. I follow some of the freestyle singers, okay? Okay. Um, TKA was fucking pissed that the Puerto Rican Day Parade is going to be canceled. That's well, it's huge. Like, Sir, what do you expect? I mean, it is huge. It's huge. But I feel like once they said mm-hmm. that we're going to be locked down for a month, I think people need to use a little bit of common right. sense right. and just be like, okay, I don't think the parade is going to open. Like, right. I, it's just, it's, we're, we're not just, it's, it's in New York City. We're not just any other city that's going through a quarantine. Like, we are an epicenter. Mm-hmm. We are fucked up here. Like, <laughs> so fucked. It is not. <laughs> we are so fucked. <laughs> Fucked up, and I don't think people from other states realize how fucked up we are. Like the one thing I'm gonna miss about this summer, and even though I put it in my head already, I've had this conversation actually a couple of times because as of today, New York City is supposed to be opening up on May 15th. Right. Personally, it can open up all it fucking wants. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Like I'm just not. I'm going to give it the quarantine max amount of days. I'm going to quarantine myself from that day, you know, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I still go to work and all of that, but I'm not going to no parties. Yeah. I'm not going to the nail salon. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do my hair and all of that. I'm not doing it. I'm going to still act like I'm going to be social distancing. Right. Because I need to see what those numbers are going to be like in June. Because right. if it's if it went up again, then clearly what we did was wrong. And clearly a lot of people got sick because they went right. out too fucking early. Right. So I've already put it in my head that summer 2020 is a dub. Mm-hmm. I'm going to act like I'm still quarantined and I'm going to save my money. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll move out of fucking New York. Maybe this is God telling me, you know what, Steph? Sit your to fucking go. ass down because <laughs> you know very well that you have been trying to move out of New York yeah. for so many years and you don't have the fucking money. There's yeah. no reason for you to buy anything. There's no reason for you to fly out of the out of the city because that's yeah. where I spend my money on. It's yeah. fucking trips. Yeah. Don't let anybody text me and be like, yo, you want to hit Cancun next week? Yeah. If I can find a sitter, I'm in You're that out. bitch. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But this is God telling me, like, listen, put your fucking jet blue guard away. Yeah. Like, stop trying to get hop on flights. Sit your ass down, stack your money, and then you can live your life as you want to live it yeah. once this shit is over. Yeah. You know, I'm going to miss taking my son to the pool every Sunday. Right. That's our thing. Right. My son loves to swim. Yeah. And honestly, when can he swim? We live in New York. I mean, I have him in swim class as well. But it's not the had same. had him in swim classes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's different. But that was once a week. And, you yeah. know, that's canceled because of quarantine. Right. He hasn't hit a pool since February. Right. Like, 
summer is what we look forward to. We wake up early. We go to the first session. Yeah. And anybody from New York knows there's two sessions. sessions in the public pool. <laughs> yes. You either get there at 11, 11. or you get there at 4. four. Like, <laughs> yes, it's true. That's how much. And usually, yeah. if, y'all want, if y'all want a tip, usually you got to go to the first session if you want to tan, if you want to chill. Because that 4 o'clock session be ratchet as fuck. fuck. Everybody be drunk from the yep. barbecues yep. that are around. Fucking drinking. It's crazy. So me and my son, we take our happy, nice little nature walk at 11 a.m. to the pool. Yep. We stay in there for like two hours. He gets his you know, splashing around. I get my son. I get to tan. And then we go across the street and we have fucking Burger King and we call it a fucking day and get ready for our week because that's just what we do. And I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Yeah. But we're just going to have to do what we have to do. He'll be all right. Maybe I can move to, you know, Florida where we can have a pool in the backyard, (laughs) you know, and we don't have to worry about missing or walking to the (laughs) I actually don't, you know, I have thought so much about like, Moving out of New York, it's funny because um, I share your sentiments about summers in New York, right? Because I think that's one of the reasons why I've always second guessed the whole moving out of New York. But I've always wanted to leave New York. I've I've always, since before I even had my son. Those were conversations I had with his father. So, um, and Florida was definitely the option, you know, the only option we saw. Um, he actually now lives in Florida. And... Um, his wife tells me all the time, why don't you come down here, move down here, move down here. That way we can all be close. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about Florida. Like, ugh, sometimes it'd be getting too hot down there. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, in doing my research and going to different states here and there and trips, you know, when I, we used to be able to go on trips, um, I've, I've grown to have a love for the Carolinas. And so I'm still between North and South Carolina. I'm leaning okay. more towards South because I, I have this fascination with Myrtle Beach. Um, so I want to be closer to that. I do. What, didn't we talk about Myrtle Beach and Tiger King? So, yes. So I, <laughs> right. So that was for the safari though. I don't think I'm going to safari, but, um, oh, okay. I'm still entertaining the idea of moving down there. Um, and, you know, I've been down there. It's so peaceful and now even more, like I think about where's, where's like the midway, right. To still be close to family here, to still be close to come back to summers in, in New York city. Right. But then also the other piece I have is, you know, to still be able to have um, the beach right there or to have a pool. or and, and so I look at South Carolina and North Carolina as giving me that option mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to be able to leave New York, but not be so far from New York. So I could still have my my dose of the summers in New York, because let's face it, South Carolina, North Carolina, not even Florida. We're not going to walk around the corner. We're not going to see El Heladero. We're not going to walk around the corner. Mrs. Softy's not going to come around. We're not going to go up the block and there's going to be the lady outside preparing empanadas or whatever. Or, you know, like we're not going to see that. Or your shish kebabs. Like we're not going to see that. So there's things here in New York. Again, people, those little fucking things that we're going to miss out on. That's going to be our norm. That has been our normal and it's no longer. So like we're here adjusting to a whole new normal. And I feel you 100%. I didn't even know that's how you thought of it. But that's exactly what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the next numbers to come up when this shit opens. Um, There's a lot of people, you know, who say once outside opens, like the clubs, the the bars. And it's like, y'all just don't get it. Like, what the fuck are you doing? They don't get it. I am tired of everybody on my Instagram. The other day, somebody like... 
for I get it. Four twenty is a holiday. Yeah. I celebrated as well. Yeah. You know, in the comfort of my own home, right. and then I took some pictures. Yeah. Like that's what I did on four twenty. Right. However, they I saw people who had a whole ass block party. Because it was somebody's Jesus birthday. Christ. Talking about social distancing because we're outside. And but you're not. It's like, y'all don't fucking learn. <laughs> but you're y'all not. Y'all don't fucking learn. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Stay your ass in the Side. house. I yeah. get that it's hard. And I get that some people do- don't have, you know, perfect living conditions. Right. And I get that you don't like the people that you're with and you're actually stuck with them. Mm. Or whatever the case may be. You know what? All that money you spent on hookahs and beers mm. and everything at that block party, invest in some noise canceling fucking headphones. Mm-hmm. Turn on some podcasts or some music Listen or watch a us. fucking movie and turn <laughs> and turn the fucking rest of the world off if yeah. it's bothering you that much. Yeah. But stay your ass inside. Yeah. Yeah. And watch. One of like, them is going to get it. One of them is going to get sick. Watch. It's like it's not even us wishing it upon you. It's just we're not safe yet we're not in the clear yet you know how the doctor gives you clearance to go back to work that's not happening to the whole city of new york in one shot that's not what's gonna happen may 15th is not the expected clearance date for everybody that's not how this shit functions the virus just doesn't stop working right. because the government says so. that the city exactly opened. that's not how this goes and people don't <laughs> fucking understand that like it's like y'all do realize like forget asking for std results to see how the fuck people are what their status is y'all need to start asking did you get the corona test like you can't fucking you want to touch hands with people like you just want to be touching hands when you meet a person for the first fucking time you're gonna be just tap kissing every motherfucker you meet anybody near me like let's keep it real you know what i'm saying like my coworker actually laughed at me today because I am still going into work. I work three days a week in the city and we have patients. I work yeah. in healthcare, like everybody knows. And because my job, I'm a surgical coordinator, mm. it's basically canceled because of Corona because right. I'm not booking any surgeries. I'm pitching in elsewhere in, in the practice. And I'm, you know, I, I'm thankful every day that he didn't just be like, you know what, Stephanie, your job is eliminated. Right. Right. I'll call you when we open again. Mm-hmm. He could have easily done that. And he didn't. Um, so I'm pitching in elsewhere. So I was at the front desk today, you know, checking in patients. And this lady, she, I work for a hand doctor. She couldn't fill out her forms. Okay. So I'm talking to her. I'm filling out the forms for her. And she goes to hand me her pen. I said, I'm not no. touching that. No, no, no. <laughs> and and I know it sounded rude, but like, bitch, no, no. I'm not taking that from your hand. Like, I'm not touching that. I have my own safety pen right here. This is my pen. Right. It says SM on it right. because it's mine. Right. So I don't need your pen. Thank you very much. But you see can that, keep that. And then she was like, what do I do with it? I said, it's yours to keep. Keep it. Like, it's literally Take it home. Yours. Throw it out if you want to. I don't care. Like, why would she even think it would it. be okay to exchange something as simple as a pen? Like, this is... Because people don't get it. They, they don't They, they think don't it's a joke. See. Either they think it's a joke or they don't think it's important. That That's what it boils down to. And listen, call it... Well, that's a whole other conversation yeah. because, you know, where I work, it's the Upper East Side. So there's a lot of white people over yeah. there it's and a little they just they don't <laughs> care because to be quite honest as studies have shown it doesn't affect them as much as it affects black and brown people. yes yes and it's funny because i was having again this conversation with one of my friends and he was like you know everyone in the beginning was saying how black people can't get it 
Yeah, it just didn't hit our neighborhoods yet because guess what? It was the people traveling, traveling. and the people with money and the people coming here and there in the airports and going to the Hamptons mm-hmm. and going to visit their family mm-hmm. in Idaho. Those are the people who spread it. Mm-hmm. And then it got to our neighborhoods. Yep. And then it went crazy because one, we live on top of each other. And two, our neighborhoods are full of people who have high blood pressure. Exactly. Fucking diabetes, heart disease, exactly. all of this shit that it makes it even more harmful for you so the yep. fact that these these same people who are at this block party who are probably going home to their aunts their uncles right. their moms their wives their whatever the case may be like you're really out here putting all these people at risk yep. just so you can dab your friend and smoke a hookah they're compromising themselves i'm sorry yeah, they're it's, compromising it's, themselves it's, it's ridiculous to me well, it, i'm so happy you actually said the upper east side i actually got news yesterday that another family member who works in the upper east side just had to go to the hospital for COVID. So we're like yeah. now once again, having to go through the process of staying hopeful of having faith of, of praying that he's going to come out fine because every other family member we've known that's gone into the hospital has not come out alive. And you know, it's kind of like, you can't even see them. We can't see them. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, I'm, it was the Upper East Side and, and, and I work in the Upper East Side and it's not to, it's not about judgment. It's just facts mm-hmm. right now. Look at the demographics. They're running around without their masks. They don't think it's They're anything. They're jogging in the right. street. Right. They're getting upset because the Duncan, if, if anybody watches my Instagram and watches my <laughs> rants during this whole COVID thing, you guys know I walk by a fucking Dunkin' Dunk- Donuts every day and I'm like, look at these motherfuckers in fucking front of Dunkin' Donuts. Like, it's not quarantine. Yeah. Like, it's not supposed to be social distancing. Like, it literally pissed me off for like a yeah. good week and a half straight. Yep. Well, they finally closed okay. the Dunkin' Donuts because everybody in that bitch got sick. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. And people were coming at me like, well, pe- where are people supposed to get coffee or people are hungry? Bitch, make a breakfast sandwich at home. Yeah. What the fuck you need to come outside for? Yeah. I'm outside because I need to be at work in case somebody breaks their fucking hand, cuts their fucking hand, mm-hmm. slicing an avocado because that is the thing nobody knows how to do. They don't know how to. People slice their fucking hands when when they fucking slice an avocado. Yo, it's hard to cut an avocado sometimes. It is. It's like I don't get it. You know what? I don't understand the fact that you gotta like put them. Sometimes use a fucking machete to put it into the. Yes, I know. That's why I don't do it no more because I almost did stab myself. It's pretty fucking hard to do the fucking avocado. Right. So I'm out here because I need to, you know, be able to triage these patients and get them treated. Yeah. And you're out here because you want a fucking caramel latte? Sit your ass fucking down and go home. Yeah. And I get it. People need their coffee. That's fine. But like if you see a line of seven people, why are you also adding to the line? Why are you there? Right. Right. No, you're right. Like at that point, like I get it. You want to go. Cool. If it was empty, I wouldn't care. But now I have to pass by 12 people as Mm -hmm. I'm walking to work trying to just be an essential worker. Yeah possibly catching something because you don't have a mask on because you're in slippers and fucking pajamas. So I'm um, slippers and pajamas. That was exactly what <laughs> I saw the last time I went into the office. And when I said, Oh, let me go see if Duncan is open. That's exactly what I saw. I saw someone in yes. slippers and pajamas. They were just standing outside. They were touching the handle on the door. They did not have a mask. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to take a pass on this Duncan. I'm going to have to go just get coffee inside the hospital. Which, to be honest, I felt more comfortable getting the fucking coffee from inside the hospital. Because at least I knew everybody there was hand sanitizing. And they were wearing their fucking right. mask and their gloves. Um, but for mm-hmm. people to still be outside. And this was still the week that there was like 700, 800 people dying 
Okay, so mm-hmm. it, it's not like the numbers have been going down. The numbers were up, and these people were still right. outside. Like they were holding hands. There was couples coming to Duncan, holding hands, smooching up, no right. fucking mask on. And all I said to I myself understand. was, "Is this your mistress or your wife? Because why would you risk it this much? Like, what the fuck am I looking at right now?" You gotta be a mistress, honestly. No, be honestly, because I was just like, "What the fuck, yeah? You you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait until you back home to kiss her. Like, you have to do it out here." It's just, it, it, no, it is ridiculous. Honestly, it is. I feel you 100%. I do love your rants, for one. So whoever doesn't like it, tough shit. They can fly kites. Um, but you're right on your rant. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, we're going to miss out on a lot. And, and it's just, it's not taken seriously as it needs to be. Um, in my book, Outside does not open on May 15th. Um, we are essential workers and we are working from home, going into work. We're doing the best we can. But there are still people who are getting sick and there's going to be people who are going to return with the aftermath. Because what a lot of people don't understand is not just, oh, you recover from COVID and that's it. A lot of people are going to be with long term effects from this. So that's where I'm going with the whole wave shit. And it's not like, what was it? Chicken pox that you mm-hmm. got once and that's, and it. that's it. This isn't like that. Nope. You can get COVID Again. every single wave there is. Yes. And if you're, if your body is weakened from the first wave, mm-hmm. yeah, you didn't die. You, you know, you survived. That's not to say that'll happen next Again. time. Exactly. Exactly. And people don't get it. They don't get it. They don't get it. Yo, just like if y'all could just, if y'all could just see what it looks like and what it feels like and even smells like inside of a fucking hospital, y'all be like, nah, mm-hmm. chill. Let me stay home. That's what the fuck you would yeah. say. Um, I wish there would be more footage of that, not to put fear in people, but for people to just understand how real the shit is. Like anybody I talk to, I've kept it as raw as I can with them as to what I see at work, what it feels like, what I've gone through on a personal note, what I've gone through on a professional note. And I don't say it to scare anybody or to act like I'm a fucking expert. I say it because if our government is not going to tell us the truth and they're just going to keep trying to put hope in people's, you know, minds about opening up May 15th, it's going to fool people into believing that they could just go out without protecting themselves accordingly. But here's my thing. If schools are not opening. Right. For the rest of the school year. Why do it? How in the hell are we not going to be quarantined? Who's going to take care of these kids? kids? Right. Where are these kids going to go? Mm-hmm. It's it's just not feasible. There's going to be so many people that would have to stay home and work from home anyway. Right. Because now you're not going to tell me that I was able to work from home these two months. Right. That I can't continue to work from home because my child is home. Right. Well, let's not go too far. You touched on Summers in New York. A huge part of Summers in New York is the summer programs for all these kids Listen, that are free. And some I that are not. I got an email. Well, mine isn't free. Right. It goes to a summer camp every year. Some that are not. And... Yeah. I already paid like I paid them off when I first get my income tax check yep. in fucking I'm I am the first person to file my taxes. I literally know how to do it based on my last check. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> like, right. I don't wait for my W-2. That's right. I do it that way. And I get I am the first one when they say your check will be sent out on January 21st. I'm probably getting it January 23rd. Like yeah. that is me. Mm-hmm. I pay my son's camp because I don't play these games. Right. It's paid off already. Mm-hmm. I got an email from them and they're like, you know, we're still scheduled. And I'm just like, so when are you going to tell me that you're going to give me exactly. back my money? Because I don't see it happening. Right. Right. I just don't. Right. 
And so that's the part, right? That's the part. That's and, and when we say summers in New York, that's exactly what summer looks like. Wherever you're going, there's still school buses. There's still kids in, in the same T-shirt of each group, of each mm-hmm. program. We're still seeing this. A lot of us depend on what summer in New York looks like, and that is a huge part of it. And mm-hmm. th- we're talking about jobs. We're talking about you know, programs for these kids to keep them off the streets, to give them the right resources, the right education still right. throughout the summer. And that's that's not going to happen if we just close down the rest of the school year. You know what I'm saying? So where are we failing as as just citizens, as just the government being able to say, all right, now, you know what? I'm not saying give us a break. Some of us still are going to have to figure out plan B and plan C. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But just just be realistic like i've been calling the shots on please just give us fucking martial law and shut us down for two fucking weeks two fucking weeks if it can stop it if like, it could stop it just why it, not try but it? here's the thing we don't know how to fucking act they couldn't tell us some shit like that yeah. it would go crazy yeah here in New York. everybody will flip the That's fuck why out they have to keep on saying oh no it's another 15 days oh no mm-hmm. it's another two weeks don't worry mm-hmm. like i feel like they're gonna say I want to say the first week of May, they're going to be like, you know what, guys? Yes, we're getting better, but it's not really time yet to open completely. Maybe we'll just extend it to June 1st. Right, right. Because to be quite honest, I don't see them doing it before Memorial Day just because they're not going to want that many people congregating. No, of course not. If you tell us that we're not in quarantine, best believe these parks, Memorial Day weekend, are going to be fucking flooded with people. And people won't know how to act. And there's going to be issues. People won't know how to act. Watch. Watch. Because the moment you put everybody together, they're going to pretend like they're still, oh, my God, let's watch the germs. Let one person talk the wrong way or be standing too close. This is New York. New Yorkers. There's going to be fights. Just wait until the fucking trains get crowded again. Just wait. If before some of us were just too close to each other, you wait. You wait till the fucking mess. Just watch. For those of you who have been on the green line, y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm saying when I say New York is a fucking culture within itself. These are just things we know. Yes. Being New Yorkers that other people just wouldn't know. Yep. And as a fellow Bronxite and a fellow New Yorker Daisy, I thank you so much for being on my episode today. We went over time. Like, we've been here for 90 minutes, guys. And it's just been fucking amazing. Um, We did. tell Tell my listeners where they can find you you can find me on instagram on my content creator page double dose of miss d and my podcast is double dose of raw talk and we're also tuned in every week so yeah listen in Yes, I will link all of your information down below. Guys, don't forget to follow me at underscore Steffi Kiss. Also, Fine and Thick Pod, both on Instagram. Um, thank you so much for being thank here today, you Daisy. We, you know, me. when we talk, we just go on we and do. on and on. But <laughs> you'll be seeing her on, not seeing, you'll be hearing her yes. on here more. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have definitely more to talk about, especially with all the COVID going on. Yeah, we have more shit to say, trust me. But we'll, we'll just leave you with this dose today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having All me, right. Steph. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.